Section three of the Destination of Man by Johann Gottlieb Fichte, translated by Jane Sinnott. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter three Doubt. I call it mine. With what satisfaction do I now survey this system which my understanding has built up? What order, what firm connection do I find in the whole of my knowledge? How easy is it to survey its extent? Consciousness is no longer that anomaly in nature whose relation to existence is so incomprehensible. It is native to it, one of the necessary manifestations. Nature rises gradually in the definite series of her productions. In unorganized matter, she is a simple existence. In the plant and the animal, she turns back to operate internally on herself to produce form and motion. In man, as her highest masterpiece, she perceives and contemplates herself and becomes twofold, existence and consciousness in one what i know of my own existence and of its limitations is easy to explain my existence and my knowledge have one common foundation in nature my existence must necessarily be aware of itself for therefore do i call it mine and my recognition of corporeal objects without myself is equally comprehensible the forces in whose manifestation my personality consists, the formative, the moving, the thinking powers, exist not through all nature, but only within definite limits. By the limitation of my own being, I perceive other existences which are not me. Of the first I am immediately conscious, and the knowledge of the latter is its necessary consequence away then with those imaginary influences and operations of external things upon me by means of which they are supposed to force upon me a knowledge which is not in and cannot proceed out of them the foundation of my belief in the existence of an external world lies in myself and not in it in the limitations of my own being by means of these limitations, the thinking principle in me proceeds out of herself and obtains a knowledge of the whole, but every individual regards it from a different point of view. In this manner, I obtain the idea of other thinking beings like myself. I, or the thinking power within me, become aware of some thoughts which have developed themselves from within, and of others which, not having so developed themselves, lead me to infer the existence of other thinking beings like myself. Nature in me is conscious of the whole of herself, but only thus, that beginning with individual consciousness, she proceeds to the consciousness of universal being by explanation according to the law of causality. The law of causality affords a point of transition from the particular within myself to the universal, which lies beyond the limits of my being, 
and the distinguishing characteristic of these two kinds of knowledge is that one is the immediate result of contemplation the other of reasoning in each individual nature beholds herself from a different point of view i lie beyond thee as thou beyond me from our several points we describe various paths which may here and there intersect each other but never run parallel in the consciousness of all individuals taken together consists the complete consciousness of the universe and there is no other for only in the individual is limitation and reality the declaration of the consciousness of every individual is infallible if it be the consciousness hitherto described for this consciousness develops itself out of the whole course of the laws of nature nature cannot contradict herself wherever there is a conception there must be a correlative existence for conceptions are produced simultaneously with their correlatives to every individual is his particular consciousness determinate for it proceeds from his nature no one can have another kind or degree of it than he actually has the substance of his knowledge is determined by the place which he occupies in the universe its clearness and vividness by the higher or lower degree of efficacy manifested by the force of humanity in his person give to nature a single definition of a person let it be ever so apparently trivial the course of a muscle the turn of a hair she would be able had she a universal consciousness to declare what would be his whole course of thought during his whole course of being according to this system also it is easy to comprehend the phenomenon of our consciousness called the will will is the immediate consciousness of the activity of the inward powers of our nature the immediate consciousness of an effort an aspiration of these powers which is not yet activity because restrained by opposing forces this is inclination or desire the struggle of contending forces is irresolution the victory of one is the resolution of the will should the force striving after activity be one that we have in common with the plant or the animal there arises a discord and degradation of our inward being the desire is not suitable to our rank in the order of things and according to a common expression may be called a low one should it comprehend our whole undivided humanity it is suitable to our nature and may be called a moral law the activity of this latter is a virtuous will and the actions resulting from it are virtue whichever of these forces should obtain the victory obtains it of necessity its superiority is determined by the whole connection of the universe by the same connection also is the want of virtue or the vice of each individual irrevocably determined but notwithstanding this virtue is still virtue and vice vice the virtuous man is still a noble excellent production of nature the vicious an ignoble and contemptible one but both are equally creatures of necessity 
there is indeed such a feeling as remorse the consciousness of the continued aspiration of humanity in me even after it has been overcome a disquieting but still costly pledge of our noble nature from this consciousness arises the conscience and its greater or less susceptibility down to its absolute defection in various individuals an ignoble nature is not capable of repentance for the force of humanity in him is not capable of contending with the lower impulses reward and punishment are the natural consequences of virtue and vice for the production of new virtue and new vice by frequent and important victories the peculiar force is strengthened and extended by inactivity or frequent defeat it becomes weaker and weaker the ideas of guilt of imputed transgression have no meaning but what relates to the laws of society he only is guilty who compels society to employ an artificial external force to restrain in him the impulses which would be injurious to the general welfare End of section three.